Oh, you don't sound nearly as bad as I thought you were going to. I know. This morning I sounded way w- I'm still pretty nasally. Yeah. And my well, bo- welcome to my world. That's how I sound pretty much. No. Yes. You I am nasally like a handsome boy. Face talking. Beautiful boy. Beautiful boy. I I have a bit of a cold. Which stinks in a way, because in a few hours from now, we leave for Firefly Music Festival, Enchantress and I. Yeah, you say we like I'm going to have fun at a festival with you. I don't think you'd have fun there. It It's camping, isn't it? Well, that's You're just, in a tent. That's just You're what, cooking on fire. Well, that's just part of it. What we do is glamping. We pay money for a tent to be set up with beds and electricity and air conditioning. I just don't understand. I know, but it, it keeps. I it w- dream of that so- the day of the solar flare, which would suck because then the show goes away. I like. And it would probably suck for me too because I'd be the first one. I'm too nice. <laughs> I, I'd be eaten alive. You know I like my amenities, but you know I'm a survivalist. I don't need them. I don't need air conditioning. I, I don't. It's not. It's like 100 degrees right now. Well, and, that's and, a good point. You turn your heat on in the summer. <laughs> right. No, I'm just. I like being away from like the kids. I'm 35 and it's like a 13 and under festival. Ah, it's. <laughs> the only way to get the fuck away from the kids is to do the premium glamping. Uh, I don't. I also don't mind a bed, but I could sleep on the ground. I often do sometimes sleep on the ground. Like if I come home. And Enchantress, Enchantress is passed out on the couch. I'll, like, sit in the couch and, like, start having a couple beers and watching TV. And then I'm ready for bed. But, you know, she's already sleeping. So I just move. I just sleep on the floor. <laughs> it's called passing out, Ryan. Yeah, I move. It's called I, passing out. I, I, I uh, willfully move to the floor and fall asleep. I, I get my best sleep. In this order, my best sleep goes uh, my couch, my uh, the floor of my daughter's room. Uh, and then floor in my bedroom, and then my bed. Right. So I think uh, that being said, I think I would survive said solar flare. Okay, because you can sleep on the floor. That's no, because I'm a survivor. Like I in, I, in like an RPG video game. That's I don't think that's one of the little things that you like level up, like floor sleeping. Squeezer. A yeah. lot of people confuse what Darwin said. They say the stronger survive. That's not true. He said the one one's most who will most easily adapt survive. I I know. I'm well aware. And you know I adapt to anything. Uh-huh. Any situation. I'm fine in. Any. Okay, well, then we'll, we'll tie this in with something I saw on Instagram. If you can adapt to any situation, what do you do when your gutters are sagging? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Someone wrote us about gutters or sag. I look on YouTube. I find a video of someone telling me how to fix it, and I freaking fix it. All right. Well, when your gutters are sagging and there's no infrastructure anymore, then what do you do? I mean, really, you shouldn't really care if your gutters are sagging at that point. Um, well, yeah, who, care, who needs a gutter at that point? Rip it off. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you should use the aluminum or the copper to make right, like a weapon to fight for, off, you know, mutant bears or, or for for a currency. Or, or currency, yes, yeah. but at that point, I think we'll be basically down to a barter system. Right. I think I can uh, make a pretty good smelt, per, you know, and mm-hmm, melt that mm-hmm. down. I know I'd doing. be the scrounger, you know. It's kind of what I do now. Well, are you going to help our Instagram friend out and tell him how to fix his fucking gears? Uh, golf tees. Okay. Explain. Take, 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 take the screw out each individual uh, one at a time is probably the best. Take the screws out. Okay. Put a little golf tee in there with uh, either like you can sand it down if you have to, but put some uh, wood glue or epoxy or something kind of sticky in there. Slide it in the hole and then put the screw back in and it'll tighten it back up. Really? Assuming that's where it's loose. Uh, if uh, the whole thing brackets are bending and shit like that, I, I don't know. I'm just uh... squeezer. Yo. I'm going to rely on you a lot. This I, I do the same thing with, like, doors. If, like, your uh, hinges are loose on your doors, toothpicks. Take the screw out, put a toothpick in there with a little wood glue, put the screw back in, it tightens it right up. Oh, that's not a bad idea, yeah, because yeah. it has something to clamp onto. Yep. Uh, I'm going to rely on you a lot this episode. I, as I have a cold, if, if you um, don't hear me, you have to keep talking, because that means I potted down so I could blow my nose or cough. Uh, I know some people have thought we had tuberculosis, <laughs> From early episodes where you're <laughs> running the board and I'm dying over there. <clears throat> well, it's your hand signals. I thought right. you just missed me and you were just waving high. <laughs> well, I was, but I also need you to pot down so I could sneeze or something. And then it doesn't it doesn't really help when you pot me down and you're like a, like a meter away from me. Well, that's also very true. Right. But now we're a couple miles, so. Right. So I could easily pot down, but I'm going to need you to not do one of your squeezer pauses. For, for applause. <laughs> you do pause for laughter. And I oh, always yeah. laugh. You always get it from me. You know it. But if I'm potted down, I can't do it. So you have to keep you have to keep the show alive. Well, I like to think I do this for a live audience. No, you do. I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm your audience. I'm laughing. Okay. I love your shtick. But if I'm like I'm saying, if I'm potted down, the audience needs you to keep the show alive. We all need we're relying on you, Squeezer, for this show. How do I know when that is? If you just don't hear me. Okay, just keep just start rambling. Sure. I mean, it's not like you can't do that. Can we get a laugh track? <laughs> well, we'll have to edit one in. <clears throat> um, Can we get the one from MASH? Because it's highly inappropriate. I, I never watched MASH. Really? Yeah, do you hate me a little bit now? N- not for that. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, um, movie's coming out this weekend, Squeezer. The Incredibles 2. It's like um, the Fantastic Four will never get. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good Kevin point. Smith we don't really... It. I don't think they're ever going to make a Fantastic Four movie that would actually compare to it. Because no. they got the family thing down, yeah. and that's what's important. Right. But I would like to see... a. a, a I, I was a big fan of the first family, and without that family, there would be none of the Marvel Universe, because that was the first... That was mm-hmm. the genesis of Stan Lee's Marvel creations. He was writing uh, westerns and crime thrillers, and he finally was like, you know what, I had this idea for a family, the Fantastic Four, the first family. So I would like to see Kevin Feige get his hands on that and do it some justice. Uh, Josh Trank, I mean, I, I liked where he was going with it. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. hate, and then I saw it. <laughs> it's a pile would, of Would it be better suited as like a serial not not like a full 13-episode, drawn-out, 
No, Netflix no, not series. at all. Not at all. But no, if you were to uh, make it like a, a mini series, no, like a little longer than just a regular movie, no. Fantastic Four has to be almost on the scale of like an Avengers, like, like fancy when you that, see. That's why at the end of a, a Infinity War, here's some spoilers if you haven't seen Infinity War. Uh, at the end of Infinity War, there should have been a, a a fucking four on that pager instead of a goddamn fucking. Yes, Miss Marvel is the strongest. I'm sorry, Captain Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. I love me some Miss Marvel, but Captain Marvel is the strongest hero in the Marvel universe. Sure. But the strongest team is the Fantastic Four. And, <clears throat> like, they warrant a global event like that of an Infinity War. So I'm sure, obviously, they couldn't do it because of rights. But I'm yeah. sure they would have loved to end that movie. Like I, I, I talked about on this show, that's what I predicted was going to happen. And I was dead wrong. But um, I would have liked to have seen that. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. And that, that Fantastic I, I think Four more people would have gotten it. Fantastic Four deserves a cinematic scale they they can't be done and uh, they can't be like daredevil and punisher fuck punisher is done better in a series than it's ever been done in any form before aside true. from like comics so <clears throat> those those are very street level heroes which that they say that fantastic four is in the business of saving the world so they need okay. uh, sorry i i don't necessarily mean like small screen but make it like if it were a two-parter film uh yeah that's fine but i mean you know they just just skip the origin story right what they need to do with the next avengers is have galactus there and have fantastic four come in and fucking save the world okay that's what they need to do skip the origin. like the last 10 minutes right we don't like we learn with spider-man we're in the marvel universe so we don't really need origin stories anymore no spider-man became spider-man we know how it is we know how the fantastic four became the fantastic four We've seen a lot of Doctor Dooms. Like, we need a good... And then, like, do a Doom later. Like, but, like, give us a good Galact. Like, what's the only thing <clears throat> that could be worse than Thanos wiping out half of humanity? Galactus, who will eat the fucking planet. Mm-hmm. And his Herald, Silver Surfer, who really should have been in, if you read the books, should have been in... Um, Uh, Infinity War. It it is he who falls through the Sanctum Sanatorium, uh, not the Hulk, and says Thanos is coming in the books. It's like scene for scene, the same shot. But we're kind of digressing. Uh, we, we talked Incredibles 2. It's coming out this weekend, so to, to like in honor of it, we figured we'd run down our top 10 favorite animated movies. I, I wouldn't say my top 10 favorite. It's my top five most watched like burn that tape down to the ground yeah i couldn't there's a lot i had and i had to i had to uh, choose obviously there's going to be five more but these are five ones i wanted to talk about and like i i could have talked all don bluth i could have talked uh studio ghibli a few see i i made a mistake i thought i saw my neighbor totoro and then i confused it for another movie i was wrong (laughs) uh but i do want to see that um enchantress is a huge fan and that was it came out stateside ninety three, and I remember seeing the spots on like Fox, like on Saturdays, you know, and I never did Goro, you know, um, but uh, there's there's a lot to to talk about, but we picked five each that we think is a good starting off point. We're gonna come back to it. We're gonna revisit. We I, we already proven to you that we're revisiting topics, so. 
and, and not even on purpose. I just I forget things. Yeah. So here, and I I know I know someone suggested that you know like we like do an anime show. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I am very weak on the topic. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. So we'll have to like. Uh, if I'll we try. Talk- I, I I am for those people that go deep on it. I am I am a like complete a- noob. I I I know the popular stuff and I've seen the popular stuff. Yeah. And, well- yeah. Well, when we get there, when we cross that bridge, we'll cross that bridge about what we know. But until then, I know a few things about bridges. You do. You're. You're. A, what is a, a an architect? Is there a bridge specialist name? Uh, I think it's an architect. A bridgeless. A, a. I. I. That's probably a bridgeless is probably someone that's racist against <laughs> bridges. That's true. That's uh, Enchantress is a bridgeless then. She does not like herself a bridge. Uh, I'm okay with them. I, I, for a while, I'm going to tell a story here. This is a cute story. So a little movie called Beetlejuice came out in 1986, I believe. I was four when I saw it. In that movie, uh, the two leads drive off a covered bridge and crash to their death. Mm-hmm. After seeing that movie, I was scared to fucking shit of bridges, especially covered bridges. And well, we it's live- a good thing there aren't a lot of covered bridges in your neighborhood you right, grew up in. Right. We live in an, I lived especially in an area where there's a lot of fucking covered there's bridges. There's literally signs that say covered bridge tour. Yes, there's a covered bridge tour you can take in basically my neighborhood. So <clears throat> for the longest time, I was scared to death of bridges, especially covered bridges. But uh, I, I moved past it. Enchantress, she's still working on it, but. We'll get her there. We'll get her there. Take, we'll drive her to Key West. That'll do it. That's all bridge. You got to face your fear, right, Squeeze? Yeah. Yeah. I like the keys. Or, oh, go down, go down to, like, the Outer Banks. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Or was that through Maryland? That's Maryland, right? Uh, Carolina. I just know because I drive down to... No, no, I'm saying when I go down North Carolina, I go down through Maryland and... Uh, which oh yeah, she runs a she, she she fucking runs a race on that bridge. The one that goes underwater. Whoever is down there who lives by that thing is saying, "You motherfucker!" This is what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. She runs a race on those bad Maryland bridges. Yeah, all I know is you're driving along the middle of the ocean. All of a sudden, you go under it. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's a tunnel though, not a bridge. No, it's a it's a bridge, and it turns into a tunnel. It's sure. like a transformer. <laughs> A really uh, shitty transformer. Robot turn disguise. Oh, mom, you got me bridge a tunnel. Fuck. This one sucks. He's like a a bridge, and he just like folds into himself, and he's a tunnel. He'd be one of those storage cases. Yeah, right. He doesn't really do fucking anything else. Yeah, it's a store. When he's when he's a tunnel, he's a storage case, and then like you could make him a bridge, and the other transformers could drive over him. Oh, now I'm a playset. That's yeah. great because like. This is so much better than the floor where it had room. Well, you know, I like how we're being getting angry at a toy that doesn't, doesn't exist. Sometimes, Squeezer, <laughs> the creative room isn't, you know, always fucking pumping out tens. I bet it sells half its merchandise, liquidates the rest at KB. You know, they make a profit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. We should probably talk about the topic at hand. And I believe I'm going first. So without further ado, here's my first pick. 
Get ready to plug in. He was a master. We've been dumped for this adventure of the heart. We're going out to find him. Holy mother of Edison. When five close friends set out on a journey, they go where no appliance has gone before. Into a strange new world. I am feeling a little burned out. Full of excitement <laughs> and friendship. The Brave Little Toaster. Today at 4 on WGN Channel 9. I had to put the TV spot on there. Oh, that's... Yeah, I appreciate that. That's where I watch this movie. This movie is a fucking heartbreaking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, shown on, on Disney Channel a lot because uh, we had Disney Channel as a kid, which was a pay channel back in the day. But it wasn't... Produ- this is not a Disney movie. Uh, I think they might own it now, but... Um, a lot of a lot of people misconstrued it as a Disney movie at the time. It was Hyperion Animation, uh, and it was t- it was filled with tons of Cal Art grads, uh, which was which would later go on to basically make the core of the Pixar Animation Studio. Oh, you know what? I see that in it. Right. Especially like the end of Toy Story three, kind of sad. Oh, kinda. absolutely, hundred percent. They <sighs> they kind of aped a lot of this. So I um I bet you did not know, but this movie was originally supposed to be directed by John Lasseter, who is now out of his, a job at Disney and Pixar because oh. he likes to hug a little too hard and long. Fucking creep. This is a guy who gets up there and he's like, I like to... See, this is why I'm always like worried about my toy collection and everything because you see guys like... John Lasseter, who are, who like like I live every day as a child. He, his office is covered in toys from his childhood, mm-hmm. and then he he gives those like hugs that just last a little too long, <laughs> a little too many ra- leg rubs. John, this isn't high school. We're adults. Anyway, have you have you read any of that? Just it just came down. He got ousted like two days ago. No. Yeah. I've been uh, I've been in pretty much the dark media for the last uh, 72 hours genius director for animation but uh, he's out it was directed and said by Jerry Reese who uh, I believe he had something to do with uh, Space Jam but he really didn't direct a whole lot Um, well those those animated movies are weird especially when it comes to directors because they'll break a lot of it in pieces depending on what they're looking at so you can have multiple directors on one film right and then um Sometimes, yeah, exactly. So it's more of a producer who's who's really in charge. But that's that's not even true because Brad Bird really was the creative force, and he's the director of Incredibles. He wrote it. So, yeah, but that's dif- that's different. You know, the the Pixar model is a little different than back in the day with the traditional animation model. So, um, we got the toaster. There's Blanky. There's Lampy. There's Radio. There's Kirby the vacuum cleaner. There's um, uh, the humans. Uh, there's the air conditioner, which is Phil Hartman doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Um, funny story. John Lovitz, when he was under contract to do this this movie, got some... Oh, great. It's pouring. Uh, I got my window open. I got My grill is out there. I should have moved it to the garage. An hour ago. Ah, so dumb. But it's it's bringing in a cool breeze squeezer. So there's that. Do you hear that? No. Is it raining by you? Hold on, I'm gonna put the mic up for these people so they can hear. 
I might not have enough cable. This is good podcasting. Anyway. This is good. John. We can turn it. We can turn this into one of those soothing "go to sleep" if you're not already asleep things. Now you can just right. listen to the rain Holy and shit, our really case roof. This is the rain that was supposed to come for the baseball game tonight. I got lucky. You got, you There's did. some crazy lightning on the way out. Yeah, the, the heat cool. lightning. That's a thing, right? Uh, no, it's not a thing. There's what is no that? such thing? Well, I still call it that. You can call it that, but there's no such thing as heat lightning. It's just a thunderstorm in a distance. Oh. Well, fuck me then. Anyways, yes. John Lovitz, under contract to do this movie, got signed to Saturday Night Live. His agency was like, do not fucking do this movie. The producers were like, please, please, please. So in like one long fucking session, they recorded all of John Lovitz as radio's uh, uh, dialogue mm-hmm. for the movie. This movie is sad as fucking shit. Um, clearly, you saw it because you know, you know how sad it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the junkyard crusher scene, I was terrified of that. Right, so was I. Oh, I love poor Blanky too. A blank. Here's the problem with Blanky. I recognized at a very early age I was Blanky. <laughs> I thought I, I'm more of a blankie because it's an electric blankie. That's right up my alley. Um, staying warm 24-7. Wow, it is really pouring, Squeezer. It's got just an update for you re- listeners. It is coming down even harder. Keep us posted. I will. I, I will keep you posted throughout. But continue. Wow. For, for those of you living in uh, east, southeastern Pennsylvania on uh, most likely uh, a day ago, uh, it's raining pretty hard. You don't hear that at all? A little bit. Oh, there it is. It sounds like water is falling on your roof. I know. Good thing my gutters aren't sagging. Yes. Call back. Golf. Oh. We brought it back. We brought it. That's That was really the whole. Uh, so I remember watching this. We talked about those like lazy Saturdays where you're sitting around. You watch WWF superstars. Mm-hmm. And uh, up next is a couple episodes of Baywatch or Star Trek, uh, D, uh, The Next Generation, or yep. a couple of Ron Popeil infomercials. But you could always change to like the channel a couple channels and maybe catch a, a screening of of the brave little toaster and i always oh uh, i would always watch this i love this movie uh and i i just remember as a kid watching this and this this was like the and it like you said it makes sense that it was all the cal arts pixar animation studio guys because it, it's like the the um, prometheus of pixar movies i feel is that fair to say? I think it is, yeah. J- just the, the, the tone and the... Damn, I mean, this really is Toy Story, now that I think about it. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. It, um, okay, so I just, I just saw the, the completed film was bought by Disney and was shown repeatedly on Disney Channel. That's how it became such a cult hit. I, I think I had it on actual, on VHS prior, I'm going to assume. Or that might have been before the cable company showed up and cut us off. 
All right. So make it pay this, for pay. this. Was like Remember, a, that's when Disney was a pay channel. Right. That's what I said. That probably like not even three minutes ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you over all the rain. That's what I figured. You're being. I'm being drowned out by the rain. Uh, okay. Here's 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 something I found about it. I googled it. Being a Pixar, the film is considered by many to be the prototypical Pixar film. Many of Pixar's most important members, inc- including Joe Ramft and John Lasseter, were involved in its production. It also contains tropes that have become common in Pixar films. Objects with human-like qualities, a long journey that changes the characters, and dark adult themes hidden in the guise of a children's theme. Even the famous code A113, which is seen in all Pixar films, appears as the master's apartment number. Well, there you go. Well, th- that's basically a Greek tragedy. It's not like they invented those tropes. Right, but they started reusing them at nausea. For cartoons, right. yeah. Uh, no, I, I love this movie. <clears throat> I absolutely adore it. And yeah, this is probably up there. If, if you haven't seen this and, and you're an adult, please go watch it. Watch it with your kids because it, it holds up for both. And, it, and it's sad, but it's also feel-good, too. Come the, it it's, you're not going to... Look, look, there's a... The nightmare scene's a little fucking... yeah. But but you will leave this going, oh yeah, like with a little bit of a smirk. I'm I'm don't worry, heads up, I'm gonna end this show uh yeah, with you're, you're absolute gonna, misery. You're, you're gonna despair. break our hearts later, but yeah. uh for this movie, you're gonna you're gonna feel happy leaving. I mean there's a little down, but you'll feel happy. So uh I think it's safe to move on to your first pick, Squeezer. The Space Age meets the Stone Age. In Hanna-Barbera's, the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Yabba-dabba, friend! And now, this full-length animated feature can be yours on video cassette. Your whole family will laugh as the Jetsons learn to live in the past. While the Flintstones experience future shocks. Don't miss it when Hanna-Barbera's favorite families trade places in The Jetsons meet the Flintstones at your video store today. It's about time. It is about time. Like, that's a play on words. I, I get it, because it's time travel. And it's about time. Time. It's about yes. time and about time. About time. It's punny. <laughs> um, I had actually difficulty. I, I was confused over this, because uh, for some reason in my mind, I always called it the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. But it's the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Because the I Jetsons go back in time first. Yeah, I but I just feel like the it, Flintstones means the Jetsons rolls off the tongue better. You might be onto something, man. My, my my congested nasally tongue. Right. Um. I this is one of those I probably taped it off of TV kind of things when it ran because this is actually um this is one of the uh, Superstars Ten series when um, Hanna Barbera produced. Uh, 10 made-for-TV cartoon films solely for syndication purposes. Right. You know, whereas, like, you know, the Disney model was they make their, you know, feature films and release them. Hanna-Barbera's approach was, we're going to make this movie and sell it to whoever wants to buy it. Yeah. And well, they did 10 of these. And one of them, and I would say the, 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 the keystone to it is... Jetsons meet the Flintstones. I think it's the biggest, most popular one out of all of them. Am I, am I crazy? 
<coughs> no, I think you might be right about that. What were the uh, others? Let us all pick. Uh, let me see. I have it written down here somewhere. Do we have music for writing things down? Writing things down. All right. So Yogi's Great Escape came first, <coughs> and then and then uh, Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Okay. Uh, Scooby Doo meets the Boo Brothers came oh, out. That's my favorite. That's your favorite. Oh um, fuck yeah! I can't. I can't say I've seen all these two. I know Boo Brothers uh, for sure, but I no, always no, no, saw no, that the, as like the, a Halloween. What's the Sorry. one I talked about? Halloween, not the um, the Ghoul School. Uh, yeah, that came out after. So Yogi Bear and the Magical Flight of the Spruce Goose, and Didn't Top Cat and the Beverly Hills Cats. Didn't see it. I I did. I just I was never a Top Cat fan. Uh, Scooby Doo and Ghoul School. Then uh, Rockin' with Judy Jetson, which I, I, I remember that. That's uh, um was basically a PSA, uh, and that was the the sequel, the the spiritual sequel to uh, Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, The Good, the Bad, and the Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear and the Invasion of Space Bears, and Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Didn't see it, but Ghoul yeah. Ghoul School was the one I talked about on our Halloween podcast. But Boo Brothers was also another favorite. We watched the two of those often. Um, but I, 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 my sister and I, we watched this ad nauseum uh, constantly. Oh, and, we did too. Uh, this one? Yeah, absolutely. Because this was a blockbuster staple. Yeah. And it, this was a fun one. And it, what was nice is too, like, you know, you grew up watching the Jetsons. You grew up watching the Flintstones. Um, but it having a, a slightly higher budget and it being in the late, mid to late 80s. You know, the animation was a little cleaner and crisper and the colors brighter. Right, and the shading was much... What, the, was, the shading was there. Yeah, it just felt like... It was almost like when you first watched Toy Story in the 90s. Like, it, it looked like a different kind of animation. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, so, you know, keep the story short. Elroy, because, you know, in the future, anyone can build a time machine, builds a time machine. Uh... And then Astro screws things up as they're traveling to the future for vacation. As dogs do. Schmuff yes, Schmuffin always. would never screw up my time machine. She was here earlier. She was in the window, but, but I think the rain scared her away. You can't build a time machine because you're not in the future. Oh Well, I, I kind of am. No, you're not. All right, fair enough. Do you have self-driving cars? Yes. Do you have... People that live really high up in the sky? Yes. Do you have computers that do all the thinking for you? Yes. Hold on, let me ask my phone. Siri says yes, so... Shit. All right, you're in the future. Fair enough. I'm in the future! We're getting really close to that... Uh, Fermi paradox, aren't we? <laughs> We're there, buddy. Fuck. Anywho... So let's say we make it a little bit further. We become the Jetsons. Which, did anyone realize why they're living really high up in the clouds? Like, maybe they just completely fucked up the planet below, and that's why they're up there? Hmm. What's what's below those clouds? Death and destruction. This isn't Bespin, yeah. That's what happens um, when you... There, there is you a fan theory I like that... North uh, Korea. I, uh, I saw on a... I don't know where I saw it online. I'm not gonna. I don't want to take credit for it, but that they didn't travel back in time. That they just traveled to the planet below, and that's where the Flintstones live. 
in the same timeline. Uh, okay. Um, I I will try to find that source. I want to say it was dork.com. I, it, it was a rather clever uh, take on it that I enjoyed. Uh, but one thing I did take away from it was, so eventually, you know, it's a trading places kind of thing. The Flintstones end up going back to the future, uh, to the Jetsons' time, and the Jetsons stay behind. And they actually kind of have somewhat better lives, although being used by, you know, their bosses, Mr. Spacely and shit, and Mr. Slate there. But they somewhat have slightly better lives until they uh, figure things out. But eventually they do return. And let's say the timeline is normal, and the Jetsons return back to their regular time all you could think about is our good friends that we just met back in bedrock are now just crude oil to power our flying suitcase cars because they're long dead thank you friends so right now like george you know george is at the gas station just filling up and like fred's just getting pumped into his flying You think it makes a noise when it's getting pumped in your gas tank? Um, cool thing I didn't notice. Uh, Don Lusk, do you know that name? No. Uh, he was an animator. Uh, he's retired now. Uh, st- still, still alive, at a fine one hundred and four years old. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, he directed this. Uh, he was an animator for Disney. Uh, let me just. <laughs> He's 104. Hold on, he you're was an animator up, for Disney. So up. let me throw out a couple movie titles for you. All right, he's he's giving credentials. Let's hear it. Okay, uh, Pinocchio. Ooh. Fantasia. Oh, wait. He was, was Bambi. He, wait, wait, back up, back up. Was he the thing behind that fucked up donkey scene where the boys all turned into fucking donkeys and had to like work in the salt mines? He just had to draw it. I don't know. It's a fucked up movie. Oh my god, that movie. We know who was behind that. Nazis, weren't they? Walt was fucking weird, man. Walt was weird, right, Schmuffin? But, yeah. Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians. Wow. So it got... From the 40s to the 60s. He was an animator for, like, the most classic Disney vault movies this guy worked on. Squeezer. And then he he did, like, he, he animated and worked on... Like all the Charlie Brown specials, Those are and then classic. he he directed a whole bunch of these uh, uh, Superstar Ten films for uh, Hanna Barbera. Squeezer. So the guy, I mean, what? You, I mean, Schmuffin came into the room and let herself known, and you've yet to say hi. Oh, hi, Schmuffin. There you go. That's what people look forward to. I I didn't hear Schmuffin over the pouring rain. No, the the rain stopped, buddy. It's done. Oh, okay. That's why Schmuffin came back. The rain scared her, Squeeze. She's a scaredy cat. Just like you <laughs> have said you are on the show a bunch of times. Right, Schmuffin? Uncle Squeezer's a scaredy cat, like you? <laughs> We're talking legend animators, huh? I, I'm just, I can't believe I made the uncle status already. Oh, yeah, your uncle Squeezer. She likes you. Give her a little... Giving her shout-outs on all the podcasts. Of course she likes me. She wants to eat me. (laughs) 
If no. she weighed 10 pounds more, she'd have her, her teeth into my throat. Oh, we talking Rogan? So Joe... Just in general, cats are, you know, cats are, you know, vicious animals. Right. So Schmuffin, we've, we've bought her other wet... She likes wet food a lot, but she only likes the pate because she likes to lick it. Yes, it's flesh. Right. So we've bought other, um, like, meaty, chunky um, wet foods for her, and she'll just, like, lick the broth out and leave the meat and never touch it. So we're, we're if we die in the house, we're just pretty sure she'll just lick the salt off our faces and leave us alone. <laughs> mm. That's all she wants. Uh, anyway, that's why I don't because <coughs> I don't want them to eat my body. No, oh, Schmuffin, you can eat my body if I die. She's got to live. We're dead. That's true. So <laughs> we, 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 a little tangent there. Um, but I will, I will say that Jetsons Meet the Flintstones was one of my favorite. I had a fucking mad crush on Judy Jetson when I was a kid. And Jane, for that matter. Is, is that what it was? Fuck yeah, Cause, man. Because I wasn't a huge... I don't know if I was a huge fan. I, I don't give a crap what George does. And Elroy kind of bothered me because I probably... Yeah, Pudgy little, little nerd I no saw myself in him. Right. And... Uh, so I, I, I see that because uh, Mrs. Squeezer, she said, you know, she admits she wasn't a fan of the Jetsons. And I realized what made me a fan of the Jetsons. And yeah, it was probably Judy. Dime piece. All yeah. Right. Uh, I think it's time. We're only like an hour into this podcast. So I think it's time to move on to our second pick. <laughs> what do you what do you think? That's fair. It's fair, yeah. We, we both decided this pick cannot be left off our list. In cooperation with authorities, we request your assistance in apprehending America's two most wanted fugitives. Sketch artists have prepared the following likenesses. Uh. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead hit the road. Seek their fortune. Find romance. Can I help you with that? I love you. Come, Kabaka. You got two seconds. Is that gonna be enough time? Win fame. God, I love this movie. Oh. Beavis and Butthead do America. So, I'm not gonna describe the plot, Squeezer. We know what it is. There really is not. I mean, it's a pretty good plot. And it made a lot of money. And it was highly reviewed. Yeah. Siskel and Niebuhr gave it two thumbs up, and um, Siskel said, gave it four to five stars, saying, why is this movie so fun? <laughs> well, Mike Judge was behind it. He's a genius. It is, isn't it? What? It is. It's fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had the soundtrack. I was obsessed. So I was obsessed with Beavis and Butthead, and, and for a while, my parents like wouldn't let me watch it because we weren't allowed to watch MTV. And I think they just gave in because... Uh, I think they, they saw, my, my dad would watch it with me, and he saw that it was kind of like, it was smart. Subversive? And subversive, yeah. So, I, I you know, I don't want to give him too much credit, but I think he saw that, okay, this isn't such a bad influence on him. Then we started watching King of the Hill as a family, and you know how I feel. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking Beavis and Butter to America. Bruce Willis, Demi Moore, Robert Stack. Does it get any better than this movie? 
Let me tell you the story of seeing it. Uh, I, I forgot Robert Stack was... He plays the agent. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, back in the day, kids, and this is 1996, you couldn't just see any movie at any movie theater. Certain movies only played at certain theaters. This movie would only play at United Artists movie theaters, and the only one in town was the Eric Squeezer, right across from the prison in Center City. Oh, downtown. that's... Oh, I love that theater. Right. The so, last, I saw it right when they were shutting it down and they were demolishing it. Right. And we saw uh, my friends and I saw dirty work there. Oh yeah. And they good ripped movie. out the whole Hardy front. Ro- they ripped out half of the uh, seats in the front of the theater. So only the if you were to sit in the front row, you were sitting in the middle of the theater because <laughs> everything else was gutted. For some reason, we had a tennis ball and we were the only three people in the entire building. Out there was. One person working there, taking tickets and working the counter. So we were the only other three people in the building, and we were playing handball off of the screen during the movie. Jesus. So uh, I saw two movies there. I saw Beavis and Butthead do America, and I saw Howard Stern, Private Parts. Uh, uh, coincidentally, Howard Stern... It was that kind of theater. It was that kind of theater. It was a United Artists Theater, and it was called The Eric, and it was in Center City, Allentown, across from the prison. Center City, Allentown today is kind of seedy going down there. Back then, it was way worse. So, Fuck yeah. uh, obviously, the trailer for Howard Stern Private Parts aired during Beavis and Butthead Do America. So, I had this. That was another movie my dad had to take me to. But this movie, I just remember it being so fun. And then just watching it, like getting it from Blockbuster afterwards, it, it, it told a great story. And it was so stupid. And my favorite joke from it is when they're at the Hoover Dam and the line, (laughs) is this a goddamn? (laughs) So stupid, but so funny. And the soundtrack was great. Does it say Xanax? (laughs) Does it say, well, the Cornholio? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need my pills. So uh, the the best is the um what were the characters but like the mere images of themselves like the adult versions oh, of them the, that who, they're who were probably their fathers who who yeah. who they said they slept with when they went Clearly. through their town and he uh, the butthead father said mm-hmm. I slept with them both yeah that yeah. was it was great stuff uh, Mike Judge at his best and the soundtrack like Ozzy Osbourne Walk on Water Roller Coaster of Love by Chili Peppers there was just so much good shit. I remember having the CD. I can't hear, I can't hear that from the Chili Peppers without that, like that image, right? You know, of them dancing, and also the image of them in the casino staring up at at the uh, the statue, right? The the very large bare breasted statue. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> they they're the id of all of us men. Like if you want, if you're a woman, you want to boil down why we're all the way we are. I mean, just look at Beavis and Butthead. That's the id. If we're gonna get deep and intellectual, but uh, this movie was great. And uh, if you have not seen Beavis and Butthead Do America, again, just like Brave Little Toaster, just like Jetsons and Meet the Flintstones, put this on your list. Watch it. It was on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore, but I, you could probably find it somewhere. Give it a watch, and then yeah. go ahead and watch. It's so dated, but yeah. in a good way. Bill Clinton's in it, <laughs> especially the the, the it's Bill really Clinton, not the Chelsea Clinton's in it, right? 
it's it's really not dated because Bill Clinton currently is in the news for for getting shit because he wrote that book and he's going out and everyone's asking him about the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, Chelsea Clinton with her braces. Hey, baby. Uh, but yeah, Beavis and Butthead do America. Um, put it on your list and then go ahead and enjoy Mike Judge and his best at King of the Hill. And that was with Greg Daniels. And then enjoy Greg Daniels' best, The Office and Parks and Recreation. A couple powerhouses there. Right, Squeeze? Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> way to back me up. Here's your next pick. What? I'm not going to argue it with you. Yeah, you, but you could have. You were just like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. And the, people, the people know how amazing it is. I needed a more emphatic yes. Uh, Parks and Rec is amazing. There you go. That's good. The, you sold it with that. All right, here's Squeezer's next pick. Uh, I remember the song. Uh, so, back in the day, there was a young director who made a shark movie that had an idea for a cartoon. He had a few, a few things under his belt. Okay, uh, there was like something about an alien, and uh, uh, I don't know what he did, he did since then. He did two alien movies. Uh, he just did some fucking self-aggrandizing movie about some kid who just goes back and researches a whole bunch of his old shit just to find out how he could take over the ooh, digital ooh. world. Oh no, no, he directed AI. That was it. Oh, uh, that was it. Anyway, uh, back to your pick. I didn't know this. So we talked Tiny Toons before on the show, and I, I think it really is – it's a cornerstone to me. Sure. Like when I, I think of cartoons as a kid. Tiny Toons is huge. And right. the, the made-for directive uh, video, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, uh, I think I got this. It was some kind of weird like special order. Like I don't know if it was – because you can you can buy it, but I, I think we got it like through some kind of promotion, and that's how I got this. And I watched the hell out of it, and yeah. I, I didn't know, but before um, Tiny Toons is even conceived as a series, the idea of actually like a made not a made for TV, but a, a movie of Tiny Toons, how I spent my summer vacation, was actually in the works, and. Uh, they wanted to release it theatrically. But then, of all people, Spielberg's the one that argued. He's like, no, don't release it in theaters. When I watch cartoons, I I need to watch it multiple times. So he's the one that wanted it, uh, you know, direct to video. Maybe, maybe that was his argument just to save face, thinking uh, it, it wouldn't be, you know, big enough to compete with, like, the, the Disney powerhouses and stuff. I'm sorry. If this movie was playing in theaters, I would I would go see it. But it it does feel like just a long Tiny Toons episode. 
Right. And that's not a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. Right. That's all we wanted um, as kids. Yeah. So it, to, to say, you know, a lot of times we say direct a video and you kind of poo-poo it. I don't. Um, well, I mean, if you're talking like uh, Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Again, I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm right. bad movies. Sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm making the joke. snooty. Well, you are. You have a, a finer palate than I do. You know, everyone knows that. Uh, every listener knows that. Uh, I don't. I just pretend to. I I will eat uh pre-sliced American cheese uh out of my pocket just as much as I would a nice uh manchego. So there you go. Anyway, the the brilliance of this movie is the way it ties in. So. Uh, it's summer vacation. They get out of school. It, the song leading up to it, of course, it is you know resonates in my head. But then they all go on their way. And my favorite, so all the characters kind of go on their go in their own directions, um, a la fourth season of Arrested Development. <laughs> but it does nicely tie together, uh, a la the re-editing of the fourth season of Arrested <laughs> Development. Um. But my, my favorite out of all of them is the uh, Plucky and Hampton road trip. Yeah. Uh, to Happy World Land. It, I, it's epic. Hampton was my favorite it, it, character. Okay. I, it, and uh, I would say uh, Plucky is amongst mine. Uh, it's just, it's great. Like It's so much, it, it almost borderlines raunchy when I was looking back at it. Um some of the stuff that came out of that scene is almost running Stimpy-ish. And not, not on screen, but off. Whereas, like, the like same thing as, like, Pulp Fiction. Like, the violence off screen makes it even more violent. Like, where, like, the vomiting. Like, when Hampton throws up on Plucky's comic book. Like, he, he's loading up, and then it cuts to a wide shot of the car. And then you hear it. You hear him throwing up on it, and, and Plucky just crying. It adds so much more impact than if you actually would have seen him even do it. Uh, and and same same like when they go to the restroom, they they stop at the restroom to actually the family gets out because his family's so weird. They get go to the restroom to clean the restroom, and then come out and leave. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's amongst my favorite of this whole movie. But then everything ties in. Oh, and don't forget that they pick up serial killer. That then actually plays a big part into uh, Babs and Buster because they're on their own little adventure a la Deliverance. Uh, uh, Shirley Loon, uh, Fifi <coughs> LaFlume, uh, uh, and Elvira, Dizzy. They all get their own little stories that kind of intertwine with each other. But the way they do, it's actually uh, it's an amazing piece of writing. Like, to, to actually tie all these things together. And then to even kind of slap you in the face at the end, if you don't mind spoilers, where, like, Babs and Buster are at the end and they're doomed. They are saved by a literal plot hole that just throws them right at the front door of the school as uh, school starts and they go into school and that ends the movie. <laughs> that it's is brilliant. Writing, yeah. You know, if it was not for... Uh, Tiny Toons. 
we would never have mm-hmm. gotten Batman the animated series. Because a lot of those guys, uh, Paul Dini, <clears throat> Bruce Tim, were working on Tiny Toons. And they pitched the Chief mm-hmm. Fox, uh, the, the idea of doing a Warner Brothers uh, take on the Batman animated series. And that's where it, where it all came from. They were working on Tiny Toons. So uh, not only is Tiny Toons amazing on its own, but again, if it was not for that, we wouldn't have Batman animated series. So double kudos to that. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Is it time for <laughs> my next? Keeping with the theme of things. All right. Here we go for my next pick. The creators of an American tale comes a timeless classic for the whole family. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg present a Don Bluth film. I am all alone. I am. Five friends share the world's first adventure. You want to go with me? Yeah! An adventure in the land of the dinosaurs. The land before time. Rated G. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Fucking goddamn Don Bluth. Rated G my ass. Right. Rated G for gore. This, this, is, rated, this is rated G like Ghostbusters is PG. Yeah, right. So this came out <clears throat> in November of 1988. And around the same time, I, I remember we saw in the theater, and around the same time, Macy's, uh, which just came to town. I think it was John Wanamaker's in our mall before Macy's came on board. But Macy's was mm-hmm. selling plushes of the characters from The Land Before Time. I was a huge Petri Mark. Uh, as you would guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember one of my best memories that I, it's still vivid in my mind is getting this Petri plush from Macy's. But this movie was oh, fucking wow. depressing. Littlefoot, the main character, obviously, his mom dies at the mouth of Sharptooth in the beginning of the movie, and famine and all sorts of shits happening to the fucking dinosaurs. And originally, apparently, Don Bluth wanted them all, like the whole dinosaur species, to be wiped out at the end, but they talked him out of it. Uh, But yes. He is a dark son of a bitch. Right, he is really dark. Uh, so Spielberg was behind this too. Uh, they went on to make, I think, what three or four sequels to this, and maybe even a uh, TV more show. than that. Uh, there was a lot. I would say they got up in six, maybe. Jesus. That, uh, yeah, there was a TV series, and there was hold on, there was oh fuck, there was fourteen. Okay, well we were off by a little bit. Right. 14 films. How do you make... you? Th- that's more than twice the amount of Police Academy movies. <laughs> Land Before Time. The that, great... that's, my, that's my unit of measurement. For, oh, I need a half a dozen eggs. No, I need, a, I need an order. I need Police Academy of eggs, please. Sure. We don't count Mission to Moscow. We don't. So there's Land Before Time, The Great Valley Adventure, The Time of Great Giving, Journey Through the Mists, Mysterious Island... The Secret of Saurus Rock, The Stone Cold Fire, The Stone of Cold Fire, The Big the Big Freeze, we're in the now 2001, Journey into Big Water, The Great Long Neck Migration, Invasion of T- Tiny Sauruses, The Great Day of the Flyers, 
The Wisdom of Friends, and just two years ago, Journey of the Brave. <clears throat> Fuck. And in 2007, they had a TV series. It was on Cartoon Network. Why, why do I get the sense that they're just going to start relabeling Fast and the Furious movies the same thing as they keep going on? <laughs> <coughs> they very well might. Man, there's been like 47 people playing the role of Littlefoot in that span of from 1988 to 2016. It's a long, that's a, it's almost 30 years. It's 28 years. I just did the math in my head really quick. 28 years. I'm more power to him. Keep it coming. Cause if, if kids stop caring about dinosaurs, then you know what? I don't think that'll ever happen. Bring, bring, no, but if they do, if kids ever stop caring about dinosaurs, Bring on another asteroid, because then we're done. Then it doesn't matter. There you go. Uh, Don Bluth, great fucking talent. Will forever be known uh, for a lot of projects. This one, an American Tale, and one of yours, later picks. He also did Dragon's Lair, that video game that they play in the beginning of uh, Mm -hmm. Stranger Things 2. The Secret of Name, which was on my short list for this, so it'll be the next one. Uh, he ended with Titan AE, but he did Troll in Central Park, Anastasia, Thumbelina, Rockadoodle. Uh, he did. See, like Titan AE is always on one of my list to check out. I just never got to it. It looked cool. I heard it took some shit. Yeah, and it had a. But it seems like it, it'd be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I think I, I liked it. I saw it. I enjoyed it. He didn't have anything to do with Five Goes West. I loved Five Goes West. No, no, no. He uh, he was only American Tale. He didn't fuck with sequels. He was he was single movie. Then he moved on. Too big for that. Too big for that. Yeah, but uh, oh, the fact that Titan AE only made a third of its money back might have something to do with it. Right, it didn't mm-hmm. make money, but I enjoyed it. I really liked it. It was like a big story, and um, it was fun. Oh shit! Tone Loke and Jim Brewer in it, and Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. All right, yeah, Ron Perlman. I know what I'm doing next. Yeah, Titan AE. It's got a good soundtrack. War never changed. Um, Beautiful Disaster was part of the soundtrack. By th- oh shit! The soundtrack is my entire childhood. Lit, Count 5,000. Electacy. Fun Loving Criminals, The Urge, Texas, Bliss 66, Jamiroquai, Splashdown, The Wailing Souls, and Luscious Jackson. Holy crap, it's like high school just threw up on my lap. In my ears. It's the 2000s for you. Why didn't you, uh, why didn't you ever see this movie? What, what, what kept you from it? The same reason I haven't seen half the shit I need to see right now. I just there's too much out there, and that and there's mediocre, you know, history documentaries that I can watch on Amazon. So why? Because when I have any downtime, I end up just putting Bob Ross on and falling asleep. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you, Netflix. <clears throat> it's anyway. so soothing. Uh, let's move on to your next pick. So we could get out of this within a relatively good amount of time. So here's... Not going to happen. Not going to happen.
right in their own homes. Kids everywhere can see if G.I. Joe can still save the day in this high-budget, high-voltage film showcase of their all-time favorite superheroes. And this is for the USA! <coughs> Fasten your seatbelt for the supercharged motion picture debut of G.I. Joe the Movie. I love that the only voice you hear in this whole promo, aside from the, like, fucking promo guy, is Sergeant Slaughter. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I mean, he was, like, the, the superstar at the time. Uh, you know, I was always confused, though, because with Sergeant Slaughter, um, in the cartoon, he's built like Brock Lesnar with a mustache and a hat. Whereas in real life, he's built like a slightly taller me with a mustache and a singlet. Um, you know, the, the whole story behind why he left the WWF for a while was over that, um, he wanted uh, to get the controlling of his image. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which would like Vince is known to be a monster with that too. So I, he probably got lessons just from this one. Uh, Vince's controlling of like names and images probably all stemmed from the Sergeant Slaughter thing. <clears throat> Yeah, it might it might. Hey, pal. <laughs> Pronouns, pal. So, um, what, what I mean, I love this movie, but it was sad, and Cobra Commander kind of gets knocked down a peg. But why do you love it so much? Um, because I finally get the the big spectacle. Why? Because all you have to do is watch the first three minutes. The e- the intro is worth it. I I have I have major issues with this movie. Um. And uh, I even think Buzz Dixon does too, who who wrote it. And uh, but the the opening sequence of the the ambush, if you will, because clearly GI Joe knew Cobra was going to attack the uh, what's that the, the statue from Ghostbusters, Statue of Liberty. Um, <laughs> Clearly, they were going to attack that because they're all, you know, just hanging out, waiting for them to show up. And then, to, like, the music builds, and it's just this awesome opening sequence. It's all over online. Just watch the first three minutes of G.I. Joe, the movie. From Make sure you type in 87 as well so you don't watch one of the newer ones. Uh, even though the uh, retaliation wasn't nearly as bad as Rise of Cobra. But um, it didn't take itself so, serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're gonna produce uh, three movies. It was, and we've talked about this before, and uh, I've bitched about this before. It was supposed to be GI Joe, Transformers, and My Little Pony. Right, but trans- GI Transformers Joe was supposed to go bed. first. Sorry, it didn't. Transformers went first, and it shit the bed. Yeah, well, but GI Joe was supposed to. Right, and there was some issues in production and uh, distribution. So Transformers moved up in schedule, so My Little Pony, and uh, they, they shit the bed. And what happened was, as they wrote G.I. Joe, and they, they told um, uh, when writing this that you can kill off, you can get a little darker and kill off a character. And there's, they said that throughout the series as they were writing it, Ready to they, they tried Duke, right? to show like, yeah, well, they they were allowed to show people getting hurt. They wanted to show that people got hurt in war. Right. They weren't allowed to deal with death, but they can show people getting hurt. In every episode of G.I. Joe, someone got wounded. Uh, it, what, you, there was no free pass. And finally here, they were able to kill off Duke, who in 88, his figure 
or in 87 or whatever, because um, it was supposed to come out earlier, his figure is being discontinued. Sure. That's, so there's no reason to keep off promoting that figure. So perfect. Let's kill off Duke and also a main character. It's not like you just you know, you took out like Lightfoot or some shit like that. And like everyone's like, oh, no, even though right now some guy out there is like, I loved Lightfoot, um, which I did, too, because he came with this cool like mind sweeping robot. <laughs> um, but uh, so they kill Duke. And then the right guys writing Transformers go, oh, awesome. We're going to kill Optimus Prime. Right. And they write that in, and uh, all hell breaks loose. I think there might have... Here's the thing. The tone of the movies is different, and the age group is different. Transformers, you never dealt with death in Transformers. You know, it was there was violence, but it was violence between robots. No one can ever die. Right, a robot um, can't I die. I think even though... Yeah, even, even though in G.I. Joe, no one died... But even as kids, you knew this was war, and maybe someone could. Right. Um, Gee, I, I, I think had this come out first, it would be much more respected had Duke died, and it wouldn't have had such the outcry as Optimus Prime dying. You might be right. And then they Not might, nearly. Then they might have gotten away with... No, they still didn't. My mom was furious they killed Optimus Prime, because I was like heartbroken. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to kill... I mean, there wasn't the internet, so there was nothing she could do. But she was pretty pissed. And also, they were still making Optimus Prime action figures. So parents were like, I got this for my kid, and now he's dead. Um, whereas kids already had, you know, Duke. Um, well, there and was, also, there was like, you know, thirty Transformers and four hundred and seventy-six billion GI Joes. Yeah. Um, also, the way Optimus Prime died, now that I think about it, he really didn't have to. Whereas, like, the way Duke did it, like, diving in front of Falcon and taking a, a snake spear into the heart. Clearly, gory as hell. There's, he goes, the snake goes in his heart, and there's blood everywhere. And for me, this is like, wow, this is insane. Like, I, this is probably the first real act of violence I saw as a kid. Right. Um, so, they end up going back and uh, dubbing all that out. Um because of the outcry over that and they add in the the cheap you can tell and even uh buzz dixon uh admits like if you were to just you know cover your ears watch or mute the tv that works too uh if you were to just watch the visuals it's clear duke dies he, he's dead right uh it was just a little audio in post where like they add in scarlet saying oh he, he's gone into a coma and then at the end, you, I think you hear Doc like over a radio going, hey, Duke woke up. He's going to be okay. Look, I've never been stabbed in the heart with a cobra before. I mean, I have. I'm assuming I'm not trying, it would do me in. I'm not trying to brag, but I have. Oh, well, excuse me, Mr. I can survive a snake stabbing. Uh, through the heart. Well, that sounded a lot dirtier. <laughs> that sounded a lot dirtier. This is a family show. Um. It is a family show. And we pride ourselves on being <laughs> so, a yeah, family show. Yeah. So go fuck yourself, um, Squeezer, and your bad manners. Oh, my apologies. Um, so there's that. And it, and this movie is really known for that. Um, my, my only other issue is, and this is kind of a big issue, is a Cobra Law. I'm not a huge fan of Cobra Law. No, neither am I. I, I, I hated him. And, 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 and Honestly, they weren't the point, either. But... They actually, he, 
they came up with two ideas. Oh, and my thing on Cobra Laws, I felt like it was a little too Motu. It was. No, I'm not bit. saying Masters yeah. of the Universe no. is a bad thing. No, no, I know, but I know. It not in this universe. world. Right, right, right. I get that. I get that. Um, it, it felt like kind of forced, like, oh, we're doing a big movie, so we have to do something big and completely different. And it also kind of rewrote a lot of the background and the lore and kind of – I you hated Cobra Commander, but you loved Cobra Commander. Like he was the bad guy. Right. And yeah, he was grossly incompetent. But that's why you liked him. But yeah, but then to make him – belittle him so much that you made him just worthless really as a character. Um, and then, yeah, you add in like Galobulus and um, – uh, what the fuck was it? What was the big ni- guy's name? I, I have no idea. I'm just completely blank. Yeah. Uh, Nemesis Enforced, uh, oh, yeah. who, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, beats the crap out of at the end. Um, so yeah, there's this weird kind of biological, uh, civilization element added in that they've been controlling the whole thing the whole time. So what happened was, uh, they went to uh, Buzz Dixon, who was writing it, and they said, come up with an idea for uh, the story to make Cobra, like, bigger and deeper. And to add – well, it was to actually add in Serpentor because they came up with this figure for Serpentor, and they needed him added I in. Ha- I wish I had. And so he came up with – he my, came up with two had. ideas. What's that? My brother had the whole – and he came with that flying, like, s- s- serpent, like – kind of yeah i just i just board. had the a basic serpentor figure i i think i actually probably got him at a yard sale because it's probably missing a leg um he came up with two ideas and one was uh cobra law that we talked about like there was this ancient civilization behind it all that he wasn't too fond of and then there was another one he was a bigger fan <laughs> of which was uh, the other Cobra operatives like uh, Destro and Dr. Mindbender weren't too happy with Cobra Commander's gross incompetence. So using their technology, try to uh, create a genetic leader a la, you know, Serpentor, sure. which is Arise, Serpentor, Arise. The miniseries um, was that. And so he came up with the, the idea and he liked that one better. And it seemed like more in line with G.I. Joe and it works for me. And Hasbro goes, we like it. He's like, which one? Like, both. Okay. So he put both in. So that that's why yeah, you have a Rise well, Repentor Rise lead right into G.I. Joe to move with Cobra Law. They like Is both. that they went with both ideas. Yeah. And I, I think in their minds, they're probably thinking, oh, we're going to sell all these Cobra Law action figures. No. I don't have any Nemesis Enforcer, Galabulous action figures so speaking of like huge fucking conglomerates of of ideas formed to make one kind of cohesive storyline my next pick is very much in line with that and um, i'm rolling it right now 
I think there's a lot of problems with your ghoul friend. Not getting enough exorcise? Who you gonna duck call? Oh, Roto Rooter. Try again. Daffy Duck's the name. The Supernatural's my game. It's Daffy, Bugs, Porky, Sylvester, and Tweety. You bad old putty A veritable paragon of wholesome family entertainment. Yeah. Daffy Duck's Quackbusters. A new animated feature from Warner Brothers. It's everything it's quacked up to be. So, do you remember this movie, Squeeze? Um, no. I'm looking around right now. I got. I, I like to do my image search. That usually brings up the, the most. I mean, yeah, there's some very stereotypical, you know, images from classic Looney Tunes, but I do not remember this. No, please. Indulge me. So uh, the only reason we got this is because I was obsessed with Ghostbusters and this was called Quackbusters. So we got it from Blockbuster. It was actually released in theaters in 1988. And it was a compilation of, of Merry Melodies with like some sort of cohesive uh, sto- like story, oh. like weaving them all together. Okay, that's why when I Google image the title, I see some things that I do remember, but things I don't remember. So I've right. seen some of these standalone. It had the Night of the Living Duck. It had Daffy Dilly. It had the. It had a bunch from like the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties in it. But they they had like a. Um, first of all, a Gossamer's in it. How can you not love that? But it it, it love was Gossamer. it was. Uh, um, Basically, they 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 took advantage of how popular the real Ghostbusters were, and kind of weaved in the storyline to make it was like a, a paranormal investigation by Daffy Duck, and it had one of those like commercials at the beginning that they had in the beginning of Batman '89, where like Daffy's trying to sell you a Warner a Warner Brothers catalog. Um. <laughs> uh, so this movie. It was a blockbuster staple that, like, I, I don't know why, but we never, like, copied it. So we, don't like, ran it all the fucking time. It was like, oh, Ryan gets yep, a pick. okay. He's getting Quackbusters. Yeah. And it starts with the Night of Living Duck. Uh, and Daffy tries to uh, pitch this reclusive billionaire, Buzzsaw Baron, um, uh, who offered wealth to anyone who can make him laugh before it passes on. Uh, but uh, he's, like, like stifled by this dog and then it it, it goes all over the place uh, then he sets himself up as a paranormal at large investigator it's it's they're very they're aping real ghostbusters big time and then they just like will go into these old merry melodies and let let that like fill out the movie so it was only like an hour and 20 minutes total but it was you know Probably like twenty minutes of original content. Uh, but yeah, this was always a, a fan. I picked this because I was a big fan of it, and I, w- I just wanted to know if anyone else was a big fan of this and watched it. So if you did, message me on Instagram and let me know because I was I love this movie. I watched we watched it. I forced my family to watch it multiple times. Um, I I mean I've seen so many of like uh, Monster Tweety. Uh, the stuff with Gossamer. So I'm, I'm curious as to what was... I mean, maybe I have seen it, but I want to go back and... Uh, and I should probably put it towards the bottom of the list. There's a lot more out there. But 
we'll get to. You said there's only 20 minutes of new footage. I don't know if that's the exact number, but it, like, is it clear? Like, is it clear though? Like when you're when you're looking, like the the, you know, what's new and what's not. The quality, yeah. No, um, the quality's is all really there, but you can tell. Or... You can tell. It's 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 worth. Yeah. Usually, it's like the color saturation that really yeah. gives it away. Yeah, that old painted cell shit. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, what, fourth pick and squeezer. I'm, I'm letting you start with your fourth pick. Here we go. Just released on video. It's no mystery why kids love the great mouse detective. Everyone has a favorite character. Basketball's really smart because he made that formula and we don't even know how. Actually, it's elementary. Writing it was a mean rat. What did you call me? He doesn't like to be called a rat. So call him a mouse, okay? I like the part where uh, Toby's ears turn in the stairs. It's pure family fun. Disney's the great mouse detective. I pulled this commercial particularly because these what? kids were basically doing the Rad Years podcast <laughs> in 1988 and not even realizing it. Oh. They're probably our age, too. What, now? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not back then. No. They were little children. Uh, <clears throat> Disney is the great mouse detective. Number 26 on the list of Disney animated films. Um Almost didn't even happen. Well, uh, do you remember the Black Cauldron? Right. Uh, it bombed horribly. Uh, it, it was not making any money. It, w- it was falling apart in production, and then made no money uh, whatsoever. And then uh, a couple guys, uh, Ron Clements and uh, uh, Bernie Madison, made uh, the Great Mouse Detective. They were given a shot. And uh, they would go on to do a couple of little things. Uh, let me go through and check my list. What? So many little movies that uh, I'm stalling. Uh, little yeah, Mermaid. I'm stalling. This, this has uh, nothing Aladdin. to do with the rescuers, does it? What was that? Does this have anything to do with the rescuers? It, it, it kind of stemmed from the rescuers. So I guess the idea of this came up along uh, around the same time as the rescuers. And they felt that they were kind of too similar. And I think that this kind of got pushed to the back burner. This is kind of floating there. I could be wrong. I I'm, I'm feel like I'm taking certain bits of information and kind of amalgamating it into something that doesn't make any sense, if that's even a word. That's called the Radiers uh, Podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, Vincent I Price never claimed this. to be factual. Who 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 did Vincent Price? Yeah, I, I learned. I realized something today uh, at at work when uh, uh, certain I'm not going to name names, but very talented individuals speaking on television said something, and another other individual at work said, "How does he know all this stuff?" And I pointed out, "Are you going to go and look it up?" And he said, "No." And I said, "All right then." He's right. That's true, but I'm about so as to... as long as you don't Google what we right. say, yeah, fair we're enough. right. But answer my question. Who does Vincent Price play? Uh, Professor Radigan. Oh, he's the main character? 
Uh, the main villain, yeah. Oh, the main villain. Ooh, yeah, of course. Uh, of course, yeah. Vincent Price has to be the villain. Yeah. They actually they actually went back and were like looking at classic films and saw Vincent Price like we need Vincent Price. Well, duh. Uh, and he's awesome. At this. Well, he's yeah, awesome. Yeah, if at this. I could cast Vincent Price um, in anything, I would. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, this this team would go on. They make the Great Mouse Detective and then go on to make uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules. They did uh, Treasure Planet, uh, Princess and the Frog, which is fantastic. And then they did a little film. With the rock called Moana for Disney, so oh. uh, they uh, yeah, they did pretty well for themselves. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, uh, that was Ron Clements, and then uh, yeah, they they were like a good, him and Bernie Madison were a good team. But Bernie actually got his start. He was an animator, doing stuff for like he did Robin Hood, which is probably my favorite Disney movie of all time. Uh, and then Fox and the Hound, second favorite Disney movie of all time. So uh. I love the fox and the hound. Also yeah, dark. these two guys have a. Uh, hmm? Also very dark. Oh yeah, yeah. Fox and the hound. Yeah. Uh, shatters me. Uh, he was also a storyboard artist. Oh, I meant to do this early on in the show. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know why I felt like I had to bring this up on the show. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, the 1991 animated, you know, feature. We've all seen it, right? Unfortunately. Uh, I've seen a lot more lately because of a uh, little squeezette. Right. There is a particular shot. Um, uh, what's the song? What's the song where they're uh, Beauty and the Beast? Is that it? I don't Tales know. Tales all this time, whatever. You know, they're dancing. You're asking There's the wrong a person. Shot... You've never seen it? I saw it like 1991. My, my mom made me see it. Okay. Well, see it again because it's absolutely gorgeous. There's a shot in the ballroom where they're dancing where the camera tracks down past the chandelier revealing the whole ballroom. And it probably might – it is the most beautiful thing ever filmed ever. Huh. And it's a cartoon. It's uh, It blows me away. I think you're watching way too and, many and, and this is, squeeze that movies lately. I'm just happy to have to watch Frozen for the 30th time in a row. Can it's you nice please tell the story I want you to tell? Nope. Uh, That's mine. It is my favorite story. One day I'll get you to tell it. No, no. That's mine. Maybe one day, but it's mine. It means too much to me. It is my favorite story. But go on. Continue. Uh, Great Mouse Detective. So it's... uh, uh, Basically, it's uh, Sherlock Holmes, but with a mouse. And it's based also based off the books of uh, Basil's Baker Street, which is based off of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, my my fair part of, out of all this cool. was, um, so The Great Mouse Detective came out in 86. And then they really, then another movie came out in, I want to say, was it 91 or 92? 92. Um, the Adventures. <laughs> Of the Great Mouse Detective came out. Yeah. And made $13 million in theaters. Do you know what The Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective is? No. It's the Great Mouse Detective with the word adventures in front of it. Oh, really? Yeah, they just re-released the movie in theaters with adventures in front of it and made $13 million. Way to go, Disney. Good for you. Good for them. I know. They they are the most beautiful supervillain I've ever known. Um... 
but it's this movie that so it, it cost 14 million to make and it brought in almost 40 and that was enough for them to uh basically uh keep uh keep the animation department alive because after black cauldron they were considering actually shutting down disney animation goodness Good yeah, so it is. It, it's funny that you you think of all like the great Disney movies that came after. I mean, I mean, it was kind of I don't want to say a dark era, but there weren't like those giant titles coming out at this time. Right. You know, like uh, e- even through like the the late sixties, seventies, even eighties. You know, you had the you almost go from like. Uh, People are gonna hate. They're gonna scream when I um because I'm getting dates wrong. I'm sure there's movies in between, but like you have like your 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 Cinderella up to Cinderella, and then a big gap, and then you have like your Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, uh, uh, Lion King, and and stuff like that. Your your epic, you know, '90s Disney. We're going to take over the world, and eventually by Marvel kind of stuff. But if it weren't for this little movie, uh, none of that would have happened. You might get some of those stupid pissy fanboys who hate Star Wars to go back in time and stop this movie from being successful. Look, it doesn't take away the old ones. You always have the original three. And and by the way, Disney didn't make episodes one, two, and three, so relax. True, right? Uh so I got an, my my next pick's and also a Disney movie, but a later one. So here we go. Little early. Attention, students. This is Principal Brickley talking. I want to inform you all that I have a fat, saggy butt, which I like to scratch every hour on the hour. Get ready for the recess movie that broke all the rules. So this movie is Recess Schools Out. And I don't know, that clip wasn't as good as I thought it was. Uh, this came out in 2001. It was based on the show I've talked about in the show before, Recess. It's supposed to be direct-to-video. I love that cartoon. Oh, I love it. I love this movie and more. Uh, it would, the, the show was so popular, they're like, oh, fuck, we're giving it a theatrical release. Um, but there's a lot of good adult jokes in here. There's one scene where uh, uh, Miss Finster yells out, hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. We all know what that's from. Ooh, I like it. All right. Um, the 1960s models of the character are, like, are clearly based on George Harrison and um, uh, Captain America, not the one you know um, from Avengers, but the one from Easy Rider played by Peter Fonda. <laughs> it, it, it's like very uh, subversive in that way. And it's a good story. And um, I don't know. I really I, I, I think that... Uh, it was certified fresh and Rotten Tomatoes, so that's all I guess. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But it got a cinema scores. That's the what audiences get pulled as they leave the movies. It got an A minus, which is pretty goddamn good. It's fun. It's got a great soundtrack. Dancing in the Streets, Born to Be Wild, uh, One by Three Dog Night, Incense and Peppermints, Wipeout, Nobody But Me, Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In, Green Tambourine, and Dancing in the Streets by uh, Myra remake um, and. Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix is also in this movie. That's true. 
Purple Haze. Mm. So if, if you've been sleeping on Recess, and especially this movie, get yourself woke, son. Watch a little Recess. Go get yourself a copy of Recess Schools Out, where the kids save the playground from a evil group of people who want to take over the school to take over the world and wipe out well, that's where I would start. as we know it. But it's a good summer vacation movie. Like when a bunch of kids get together and like just do nothing on summer vacation, but like spy on something and have like a mission, you know, cause that's what summer vacation was all about. And I guess that's why I watch it. Cause it's a real throwback. They really capture that feeling. It's like a, like a sandlot. So, exactly. Exactly. Um, but it, it does it in, in more of our time. So give recess schools out a try. That's why I put it as my, fa- I didn't have a lot to say about it, but I want, I wanted to mention it as one of my favorites. Why did it, we were just, uh, uh, Mrs. Squeezer and I were just talking about this. Why does it feel like it, it's, so it's, we're like what, two weeks into June? Yeah. Summer, summer's and not like, even here, but we feel yeah. it's over. It's over already. Like I look ahead and I look at my schedule. I'm like, summer's over. Like all the stuff I like in February, I'm looking forward to summer and it's already done. Squeezer, I'm not going to lie to you. I have, I haven't, I haven't cooked a single piece of meat. On fire yet? You're you're about to get it's really June. All right, calm down. You're, I'm about to make you even mad, more mad. Special K just Why? Re- Special K just released their pumpkin spice cereal this week. Fuck you, Kellogg's. It's June, and it's our the first 2018 pumpkin spice uh, item is out in June. Not even summer <sighs> yet, and it's out. Pumpkin spice is on the shelves. So there you go. There you have it. Some people, for some people, that's if I'm drinking pumpkin ale in October and, and popping candy hearts at the bar, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> but some people, that's what they want. There's a lot of Halloween heads out there who are just fucking freaking out over this. So for one, for some people who get excited that summer ale might come out in February, there's other people who like pumpkin spice in June. So you know we can't poo-poo on everything like we just said. Well, store it up. Well, you know what? How about you take yourself back to a simpler time and watch Recess Schools Out and, and remind yourself of what it was when summer was really, you know, the shit. I gotta give it a shot because you're so in love with it and I probably <laughs> watched maybe three episodes of Recess in my entire life. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I gotta stop coughing. I think I have tuberculosis again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Recess Schools Out. Uh, all right. Is that, you got your tissue squeezer? Um, I got mine, dude. This was here. We go. We're this ready. This was brutal. And you, I, uh, right. why did I even use this clip? All right, here it is. Oh, Charlie, I'll miss you. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll miss you too, Squeaker. Now you, you go to sleep, huh? Charlie, will I ever see you again? Sure. Sure you will, kid. You know, goodbyes aren't forever. Then, goodbye, Charlie. I love you. Yeah. I love you, too. Heartbreaking. God damn it, Don Bluth. <sighs> All dogs. Fuck. Way to let it breathe. Well, I mean, we have a show to do, Squeezer. Come on. Uh, no, make the people cry. I'm <laughs> set on it. All dogs go to heaven. Uh, there is nothing 
more tragic than this film ever made. I think what's in a, real life or in cinema. I think what's a sadder scene is in the early in the movie after Charlie dies when his little sidekick Wiener Dog's walking around all sad that he doesn't have him. Yeah, well. But that is a sad um, scene. Well, for for me, here's the thing, it's a visual thing. Like it, when you when you see the visuals and I, I cut this down because I originally had it like two minutes of the actual goodbye in the bedroom when he like pats Itchy and um, tells her to take care of him. And you see her reflection in his eyes and he's tearing up. And it, it's Burt Reynolds. Right. Like if Burt Reynolds actually died, I don't think I would be the sad as much <laughs> as Charlie dying. Well. Sorry, Burt. <laughs> And no offense. No offense, Bert, if you're listening. Uh, uh, it, it's this literally this Kali mod me. Um, <laughs> it ripped my heart out and locked me in a cage and dipped me into a pit of molten lava. This I rarely tear up, and I could not work on this show and do any research on this without every time somewhat mediocrely choking up every time well, I watch you, this over and over it, again. Do you think even it, clipping it down. Do you think it hurts even more now that you have a squeezette and knowing that if she had a daughter, I'm sorry, a dog and like it, she, she yeah. yeah. Yeah, it it does hurt. It softens me up a little bit more. And also knowing, you know, the back I don't this is uh, a little dark, even deeper for the Radiers, but it's almost disrespectful not to mention it. But you, you know the history behind Judith Barcy, who voiced her? Oh, yeah. It's a horrible story. Yeah, it, it's horrendous. So I'm going to – awful to brush over it. And it's uh, – so she was, you know, a child actress. She fled and, communist uh, She was doing some voiceover work. And Don Bluth absolutely loved her, and her father was one of those controlling – uh, I'm going to call him an asshole, um, and yeah, uh, murdered her, shot her in her sleep and her mother and then killed himself. So, well, right. but they, like they started, very, you know, fleeing the communist Hungary, uh, in the sixties to come to Los Angeles. And yeah. And then, um, as, as she got more successful, uh, the dad would get jealous, I guess. Right. And he would constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It got real ugly. Yeah, he was a drunk. Uh, yeah, and it, it's a horrific story, and it, it's heartbreaking. And the fact that that happened a year before the movie was even released, because you know, some these take it takes time to, you know, produce these and animate these, and so it, it's it's heart wrenching the the film as it is, and but then knowing this, it's even worse. And her, um, her performance is just so good in this movie. It's so good. Don Bluth loved her. There, he said, you know, nothing but great things. Like he had plans, and who knows where, you know, like for all you know, if if that would have worked out, who knows where Disney would be and Don Bluth would be, you know, if things, you know, ended differently. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at it from a business perspective. I'm looking at it as a a talent perspective. I mean, it's awesome. The fact that they could draw that much out of you, and I can cry at this scene uh, time and time again. Uh, oh, man, it's tough. On the brighter note, uh, you know, Charlie was... Here's a uh, cute little uh, thing. 
the dog, because they brought a dog in to the uh, offices, where the animation chambers, uh, right, where they, they keep the, the people chained to the desks. It's, it's like that uh, Banksy role. The dog the that they Simpsons. modeled Charlie after was named Bert. Oh, it's it's kismet. Yay, fun. Yes. T- to me, this is... People worry about, what are we going to do when we go all Battlestar Galactica? You know, when it, when there are AI out there, uh, and w- how do we tell them apart? This is the Voight comp test. <laughs> this is the test they get this is in all you 2049? To, you, you, don't, you don't need a big fancy machine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in the original. It yeah. opens up the scene. All you have to do, you don't even need the fancy machine. Just look someone in the eye, and you don't even have to Your play the movie. Just go, all dogs off. go to heaven. Yeah. And if someone just starts bursting into tears instantly, you go, oh, you're a human. If you don't, you're a robot, and we uh, strap you to a ladder and drown you in the river. Wait, can robots drown? I mean, we'll have to find out. But um, that this was some good picks. These are ten movies that if you haven't seen any of these, do yourself a favor, make a playlist uh, when it's a really hot, horrible day and you don't want to go outside this summer. Uh, sit inside in the air conditioning, get some summer junk food, you know, some popsicles, chips, some sodas, fucking those little huggy juice. Ooh, boxes. those sweet, those little uh, squeezy popsicles that like slice your mouth like the Joker. Yeah, right. And then and and then make a playlist and watch whatever on this playlist you haven't seen yet, and you'll really be glad you did. Uh, but uh, that's that's our ten. Do yourself a favor and don't put all dogs go to heaven at the end. Right. Well, or do. It's it's viewer's choice. Come on. Or or do if you're a masochist. Put put Jetsons meet the Flintstones or Recess at the end, so you leave with a uh, a I bit know. of a right. uh, hop in your step. So this was fun. Uh, next week we got more for you, and we're we're actually planning YouTube content now. I know we said that in the past, but we're actually planning to actually get YouTube content out to you. So. Don't sleep on our YouTube channel. It's going to be live this summer. We're going to be popping with a couple. Summer's fun to do shit, and we're going to talk about shit. So uh, our YouTube's coming, and we've got our uh, entire summer planned out for Rad Years. So there's going to be a lot of cool topics, right, Squeeze? Yes. <laughs> K in the show, as usual. Um... <laughs> That's a callback. It was a callback. It was there was a double callback. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be back next week with more Radio's podcast. But for this week, thanks for listening. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. I thought you were just gonna say yes again. Oh shit! All right, do an edit. All yes. Right. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you.